When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Exciting day today. You know, we uh, announced a little bit earlier, Lakers and uh, 710 ESPN, a multi-year contract. We're excited to have the Laker broadcast, obviously, staying right here for a number of years. Um, and, you know, obviously, Lakers talk will go till 8 p.m. tonight. This show will continue pre-half and post. I mean, I'm, you guys know how uh, how much of a Laker fan I am, and hopefully, hopefully things uh, turn around here in the near future. But all we can do is talk about what the Lakers are doing right now, and um, we got a lot of good topics to get into. I want to talk about the past two nights for the Lakers. So they play against the Phoenix Suns, the the Toronto Raptors. I think the result, not too shocking, but I think the way the Lakers start these games is certainly a a little bit of a surprise. Um, How much is Anthony Davis going to change this when he comes back? We have an injury update on AD. Some comments that he made about the Phoenix Suns. We'll get some reaction from Laker fans on that. Um, LeBron James chasing the NBA scoring title and what he accomplished over the last week. And can you really, really kind of sit back and appreciate what he's doing when the Lakers are losing the way they are? Uh, Some thoughts, some ideas, what happens this offseason. Stephen A. Smith had some comments about the Lakers if they were able to get up to the number seven seed. We'll look at the upcoming schedule for the Lakers. So, We got a lot of good stuff to get into, and I always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Let's start with this. The past two nights for the Los Angeles Lakers, Spectrum Sportsnet put up this stat, and they're comparing the game against the Phoenix Suns, then the game against the Toronto Raptors, and what the hell happened in the first two quarters of the game. Uh, or the first uh, quarter in both of those uh, both of those games is a better way to describe it. I want to play some sound for you guys here real quick because, um, you know, I, I know there's a number of different directions that we can go with on this Lakers season. I got an uh, opportunity yesterday, pregame show, um, right before we're starting our pregame show, coach addresses the media. And I asked him what has been most frustrating for him so far this season. And I'm sure he has a long laundry list of different things that bothers him, whether it could be uh, the injuries or um, the lack of chemistry or maybe uh, the defensive side of the ball. Listen to his response because I think this is a perfect description of the last two games for the Lakers. Here's Coach Vogel yesterday. Too many times where we just get into big deficits. You know, it takes its toll on your your individual psyche and um you know and the psyche of your group and you're you're constantly in you know into you know trying to push your guys uh, to be better and and coaching them hard but also trying to keep them lifted all right so vogel said one of the most frustrating things for him this season is how they dig themselves such a big hole this is before the game against the toronto raptors we obviously know what happened the night before against the phoenix suns so what happens two hours later the Lakers are down 33-12 to at the end of the first quarter against the Toronto Raptors. So let me let me kind of, again, Spectrum Sportsnet put this out yesterday, so I want to just compare side-by-side side the first quarter of the last two games for the Lakers. And Laker fans, 
this is the ball game. A- after the first 12 minutes of the game, let's stop talking about what they did after that. You dig yourself this type of a hole, it is so tough to come back in the NBA, and it is so tough when you already have a team that is. Uh, it-, it looks like their top priority is not, hey, we're going to give it absolutely every ounce of effort that we have. We obviously know that this team doesn't look like or does it feel like that they're connected right now. The chemistry is an issue. LBJ is playing 35, 40 minutes. He's playing as many minutes as possible. Um, this this is the first quarter of the last two games. Against the Phoenix Suns, the Lakers were down 48-22 to when the first quarter ended. They were 1 of 10 from the three-point line. They were down 26. Last night against the Toronto Raptors, Lakers were down 33-12. to 12. They were down 21 points, shot 12% from the field, and were 0 of 13 from the three-point line. How are you going to win any games when that's how you start off your ball game? So that, to me, has really kind of stood out here over the last couple of days uh, we all know the record for the Lakers since the All-Star break. They're 2-8. and eight. We all know that the two wins that the Lakers have is Bron dropping 56 and dropping 50 over those two wins. Um, and this is the position that the Lakers are in. Look, the, the Phoenix Suns could very easily win an NBA championship this year. No questions asked. They can very easily win a chip. The Toronto Raptors, I think it's surprising to see them eight games over 500, but you could see they run up and down the floor. It's a track meet. I was looking at minutes yesterday. Most minutes in the NBA, individual players. Fred Van Vliet is number one. Pascal Siakam was number two. James Harden was number three. Uh, LeBron was number four. And OG Ananobi was number five. Three of the top five players in minutes was from the Toronto Raptors, and it shows you these guys are playing big minutes. They're all kind of got this 6'7 to 6'10. They're long. They're they're lanky. They play fantastic defense. They hustle hard. That's the worst combination for the Lakers. Um, these last two games are just uh, another example of how tough it is for the Lakers to beat any team. And this isn't just, hey, you lost by three or four points. The Raptors controlled the entire game yesterday, entire game. People want to say, well, you know, Lakers made a run there in the fourth quarter. When you're up 28 and 25 and 20 and 18, I'm sure there's some disinterest as the game progresses. And Lakers did cut it down to nine, but it was never a game. Let's not fool ourselves that there was a game. And I don't have to tell you guys about the game against the Phoenix Suns because that one was never close as well. Uh, but that's that really stood out to me these last couple of nights. Sunday night, doing the uh, doing the game, and on uh, Monday night, doing the game, before you blinked, before you had a chance to sit down and crack open a beer, Lakers were already down by, in one game, 26, and in the other game, 21 points. Come on now, we all know that the Lakers aren't going to win money, many games if, uh, if that's going to be the situation for the Lake Show. Um, so this kind of takes me to my next question for Laker fans. By the way, you could always hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Can Anthony Davis change any of this? Or maybe the better question is, how much can Anthony Davis change this? Um, I, I'm not sure when he's back. I'm going to read you guys some quotes of Anthony Davis. This came out before Sunday's game. And you know, one of the things, obviously, doing Lakers talk, and this is much different format than some of the other shows that I do, but uh, I get to get a little bit longer into topics, and we take our time on this, really kind of dissect the Lakers. Anthony Davis addressed the media for the first time since his injury, and 
Um, the idea and the concept was that he was able to shoot around yesterday. Now, we didn't see him. At least I didn't. Maybe he shot around at the Lakers training facility, but it certainly wasn't at Crypto.com Arena. Um, but let me let me read off uh, when he thinks he'll be able to come back and how he feels about coming back. He said, I'm very optimistic um, about it. And he's talking about returning before the regular season ends especially with the situation that we're in with the play-in and actually the fight to stay within the playing game. I'm trying to get back on course as soon as possible. As far as a number, I would love to say 100%, 100% as in he'd come back in the regular season. But with only a certain number of games left, I'm not 100% sure. So there's some optimism there, you know, optimism in the sense that, okay, hey, Anthony Davis is coming back sooner than later. The question is, uh, you know, when is he going to come back? We know that the amount of games Lakers have left, I think it's down to 14 now. Uh, in the month of March, they got eight games left and then six games left in April. Uh, a ton of tough games coming up on the road, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but the part of he's not sure when he's going to come back tells me that, all right, that optimism is there, but be a little cautious because maybe he's back in two weeks. Maybe he's back in 10 days. Maybe he's back in three weeks. I, I don't have the answer. Maybe he comes back for a couple of games before the regular season ends, and then you have the playing tournament that you hope that the Lakers are positioned in. The question, you know, for me is, okay, how much is he going to be able to change things? Look, Laker fans, I get it. I understand it. Let's not undervalue Anthony Davis. Let's not undervalue how how important of a player that this guy is to this franchise. Uh, 23 points a game, about nine rebounds, about three assists, uh, throwing obviously what he does on the defensive side. Uh, Anthony Davis has not had the season that any of us want him to have. He's played in 37 of the games so far. I want to say Lakers are, what are they up to? 66 now, 67 games that they've played so far this year. Um, uh, it, it's been disappointing that AD has missed uh, close to half of the games or more than half of the games already this season. When he comes back, how much is he going to be able to fix or right some of the wrongs with the Lakers? How much is he going to be able to take a team that has let's let's be very blunt here. There's no reason to sugarcoat it. Uh, the team has been awful since the All-Star break. And for the most part this season, it's not like it's been that good of a product. So is Anthony Davis just going to walk back into this Lakers lineup and everything's going to change uh, at the drop of the dime? Um, is everything going to change just because AD is back? I'm not as sold on that. I'm not. And if it's the same version of Anthony Davis that we've had in the 37 games that he's played, that's not good enough. If it's the same Anthony Davis that, um, you know, the inconsistent great player that Brian Windhorst described uh, when I had him on, whatever that was, a month ago, two months ago or so, which is, a, I think, a really, really good description of Anthony Davis, that's not good enough. And I'm not trying to put all the pressure on Anthony Davis here because we'll see when he comes back how he's feeling. That was a really ugly ankle injury when he stepped on Rudy Gobert's, uh, on, on Rudy Gobert's foot, and it's going to take him some time for conditioning and everything else. But this Lakers problem is not one of those problems that you think, oh, this is going to get solved in no time. Just throw AD back in there and everything gets solved. I could see those who are optimistic about when AD comes back, things will change. But there are not just small fixes here with the Lakers. There are – it's a combination of um, their chemistry, 
the way they play, in my opinion, lack of effort sometimes, lack of talent, lack of continuity. There are a lot of things here that I don't know if one player can just shore up for the Lakers. Now, it's also a description of how you view the Lakers the rest of the way. Is this a team that you're just saying, hey, just fight, get in the freaking playing tournament, go win two games from there, and if you can win two games against teams that are going to put up a fight against you and I don't think are scared of the Los Angeles Lakers, then go you know, worry about going to face your first opponent in the playoffs in that seven-game set later. There's other things in front of them that they have to worry about. Um, I want to spend a little bit more time on this coming back because the Lakers have issues – that I don't think are all going to be solved by one player. Who's a damn good player, just has not been the player that we need him to be. What version of Anthony Davis comes back to where you can actually really feel like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of hope here. I want to do that when we come back. And number two, uh, there is something that the Lakers don't bring every night that concerns me more than anything else that's happening on the basketball floor. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Thank you for being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Um, So we're just getting into a point right there about Anthony Davis. How much can he correct when he eventually comes back to the Lakers? Whenever that is. We still don't really have a timetable here. So maybe a couple weeks, maybe 10 days, maybe three weeks. We'll see what what happens when he does return. Um, Michael and I have had a couple conversations in the pregame show about AD and the version of Anthony, the version of Anthony Davis when he eventually comes back. Laker fans, if things are going to change on the floor, um, there's a couple things that have to change before Anthony Davis comes back. And I've said this before, and I'm I'm going to go right back into it. Malik Monk questioned how hard the Lakers play. I've heard, and this was just recently, Russell Westbrook has questioned how hard the Lakers play. Dwight Howard has questioned how hard the Lakers play, their effort on a night-in, night-out basis. So I bring that up because, you know, we could sit here and talk about, well, Anthony Davis is going to come back. It's going to look like this. And, you know, if these guys can just kind of start hitting some of their threes, uh, that's going to change everything. And and if Braun keeps dropping 35-plus points, then, you know, things can change, this and that. Sometimes you just got to put all the X's and O's to the side. You got to put aside – you really have to put aside anything on the basketball floor. If the Lakers are having questions, at least some of the players are questioning some of the effort, how hard they're playing, a couple things come up to me. First of all – you're not talented enough, nor do you have the margin for error to walk into a game thinking that, well, you know what, if we don't give our best tonight, we'll be fine. Uh, Vogel mentioned it, how discouraged the Lakers get. You see it in their body language. You know, when you're down 15, 20 points before you even blink, you could tell the whole team is like, well, this game's over. And that obviously continues. And maybe they'll get on some type of runs as the game progresses. But ultimately, um, you're looking at a Lakers team that body language looks defeated. 
And I bring that up because if you can't win that mental battle before the game even starts, then a lot of these games, we already know what the result's going to be. Lakers have the second toughest schedule left in the NBA. They got to go up against really, really tough teams the rest of the way. They got Carl Anthony Towns tomorrow who dropped 60 um, last night. I think it was against the San Antonio Spurs. He dropped 60 points last night. Oh, by the way, the Timberwolves, they're 10 games over 500. Uh, and then after that, now you got to go fly to Toronto, and that's a road game against a team that looked – uh, they just looked better than you last night. And then you got a back-to-back. You got to go up against the Washington Wizards. And then after that, go down the list. Lakers have this month. There's Dallas. There's Utah. There's Philly. There's New Orleans. Who New Orleans is obviously trying to chase them. If from an effort perspective, you're already down in that column, you're not a good enough team to overcome that. So we'll see what happens. I think the AD piece. This is the best way that I can describe it when Anthony Davis comes back impossible he's going to be able to correct everything. It's going to come down to what AD comes back. If it's Anthony Davis a year and a half ago in that Orlando bubble, maybe things get a little interesting. If it's Anthony Davis that we've already seen this season, 37 games that he's played, it's going to be a quick little run. Uh, you know, Maybe you get out of the playing tournament, maybe you don't. Uh, if you do get out of the playing tournament, you're going to go up against a Phoenix Suns team that I think it is completely two different classes of where the Phoenix Suns sit today and where the Los Angeles Lakers sit today. So um, Michael has described this as best. Michael always goes back to he said, "Al, you know, I, I when he when the Pelicans and Anthony Davis was there, were going up against the Golden State Warriors. He said there was a playoff round that the Warriors swept the Pelicans. I want to say it was in the, they were in the second round." And he said they swept them, but AD was unstoppable. There was nothing you could do. There was no answer for Anthony Davis. You don't have to go back to the days when he was with the Pelicans. Go to the days uh, in Orlando in that in the in the uh, tournament, the bubble tournament. There were times Anthony Davis. Many of these games, I asked the best player on the floor. That was with LeBron on the floor. Yeah, that's the best player on the floor. That's really the only shot you have of making any noise, right? That Anthony Davis comes back and he all of a sudden realizes and understands and has been sitting on that sideline for so much this year, watching from the sideline saying, if I'm not great, our offseason is going to start. If not April 10th, which is the final uh, regular season game, it's going to start four days later at the latest after they get through that playing tournament. So... I'm curious to see what kind of Anthony Davis that we we uh, we get when when he does come back. I would lean more towards he's going to be more of what he was this season. Why would that change? You know, and maybe it changes because he's fresh, he's ready to go, his body's ready to go. He understands the sense of urgency because it's the playoffs. You got nothing to lose, the playing tournament, all that stuff. But I, I'm I'm more of a you'll have to kind of show me now that that Anthony Davis that was in New Orleans or that was there a year and a half ago in the Orlando bubble is still there. Because I I think over these course of the games this season, that has certainly uh, not been the case. Another thing I thought was interesting from one of uh, Anthony Davis's quotes and him and Devin Booker going uh, back and forth a couple different times. So before, uh, of course, this was before the game against the Suns. Um, And I know this has been gone over a little bit, but I haven't got a chance to really get deep into it. Anthony Davis was asked if his groin injury is the main reason the Lakers didn't beat the Suns back in the playoffs last year. He says it was. 
We know that. They know that. They got away with one. Every time I see that, you know, I, I don't I don't fully disagree with Anthony Davis on that. If I ask Laker fans, and I, I think we spent a lot of time in the offseason talking about this, you think the Lakers would have beat the Suns last year if Anthony Davis was healthy? I think most Laker fans would say, yeah. You know, they're up two games to one. They already won that road game in Phoenix. They felt like they were starting to take control of the series. AD goes down, and that's it. It was over. It's a wrap for the Lakers. You're not being a good Phoenix Suns team without your second-best player. Phoenix Suns fans would say, wait a minute here. Did you guys forget Chris Paul basically couldn't put his arm uh, over his uh, over his head? He had that stinger. He got that um, uh, during the uh, the Lakers series. He got injured, and, and he was really – there were plenty of times it didn't even feel like he was much of a factor. He was almost out there to help the team because he's such a good leader. He's got so much experience, and he's their quarterback. Um, that's what Phoenix Suns fans would say is, well, Chris Paul wasn't even 100% healthy, so don't tell us about Anthony Davis. What happened in the past is truly, truly irrelevant. I think the Lakers would have beat the Suns. Now, hearing Anthony Davis make that comment now, it sounds, uh, to me, it sounds, it's not good timing. Let's put it that way. Because the Phoenix Suns are dominating the NBA right now. Maybe they go off and win an NBA championship. Maybe they don't. But I do know that they dominated the Lakers just a couple nights ago, and they did that without Chris Paul. They did that without Cam Johnson. I do know they have an eight-game lead on every other team in the NBA. That's impressive. You know, Warriors had some injuries. I get it. The East, everybody's battling against each other. An eight-game advantage in the Western Conference, you're doing something right. You got a little bit of everything. Devin Booker, he wasn't as crazy about the comments. Um they uh, after AD said what he said, he said, I, "I just think it's funny. It's just all the ifs. If ifs were a fifth, we'd all be drunk." Remember, Marcel Wiley used to always say that. There's a lot of ifs in this game. Instead of just taking the high route and going, um, you have to make a comment like that. It's kind of funny, and let's just kind of leave it at that. Kind of shrugged it off to Devin Booker. To be honest with you. I think in most cases, I wouldn't mind the, you know what, no, AD, run your mouth. Go do your thing. If that's how you feel, let them all know that's how you feel. The problem is the Lakers are 10 games below 500. they They're not making any noise. The Phoenix Suns are obviously doing what they're doing in the NBA. I don't know if they need a little extra ammo over there or bulletin board uh, material, but I just kind of looked at it as I don't think the timing of his comment um, is helpful to the Lakers right now. I really don't. If he wanted to say something to the effect of, you know, you never know. Anything could have happened. I would have loved to have been healthy. I think it would have been a, a great series. Um, but I think to just kind of say they know it, we owe them one, I don't think they're paying attention to that at all. I think the Phoenix Suns are saying you guys are not on our level. And, you know, maybe we'll get the opportunity – to have a first-round matchup against the Phoenix Suns, that'd be incredibly fun. But the Lakers got so much to get through just to even get to that point. There's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Um, by the way, you know, I want to point this out here real quick from an NBA standings perspective. It, it's getting a little more interesting than I, I, I thought it would. I, I did think that the Pelicans would eventually pass the Lakers because a they were playing good basketball and b. Um, their strength of schedule is a lot easier for the Lakers uh, than the Lakers. 
The Pelicans, who I think got the Phoenix Suns, or are playing the Phoenix Suns as we speak, um, the Pelicans are now just one game out of number nine, and Portland is still kind of hanging around here. Now, I don't even think Portland wants to make the playing tournament, but they're hanging around. It's only a two-game deficit between where the Lakers are and uh, where the Portland Trailblazers are. So it's not still, you know, as we kind of sit here, it's not a lock that the Lakers are going to eventually make the playing tournament. I know we've kind of all thought that all season long, but that has not been the case. Um, okay, a couple things I want to do when we come back. So Stephen A. Smith was talking about the Lakers, and he was kind of playing out this hypothetical scenario that if the Lakers can do this, and if that can happen, and if they get this matchup in the playoffs, I want to play that for you guys when we come back because he's trying to make a case that the Lakers, based on what he's seen, that there is, uh, there's still some opportunity based on playing a specific team in the Western Conference. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Thank you for uh, being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, exciting day today. So if you guys didn't hear a little bit earlier, uh, the Lakers and 710 ESPN, we are extending our partnership with the Lakers, a multi-year deal. Um, you guys know for me personally, uh, it's just, uh, I love everything about Lakers basketball. Look, there's ups, there's downs year and a half ago. Lakers were winning a championship. Um, they've been partners here on seven ten since 2009. So just think about in that span, you've had two championships over that span. Obviously, uh, Lakers beating the Celtics was the first year that we carried the broadcast. That was my first year actually at, at seven ten ESPN. And then uh, that championship in Orlando against the Miami Heat. So excited to be able to do uh, Lakers talk for you know hopefully a number of years um, ahead, and then excited to be a part of the pre-half and post as well. Um, okay, so I want to play something here real quick. Stephen A. Smith was playing out a lot of hypotheticals for the Lakers. I want you guys to take a listen to this because he's trying to make the case that there's still a way if the stars align that the Lakers could not just make the playoffs, but also upset a specific team in the first round. Take a listen. The return of Anthony Davis. If they do get him back and LeBron shows he can do this, can they still do something? 
Possibly. And I want to say that. And that's a tough thing coming out of my mouth because I firmly believe the Lakers are trash. Let's be very, very clear about that. They're trash right now. I don't like them at all. And Wilbon has every right to feel the way that he feels. But I'm going to I'm going to give you my answer by reminding Wilbon of the things that he has said. First of all, the number two seed is the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers and you're battling for the play in spot, if the Los Angeles Lakers are lucky enough to win the play in and find themselves as a seventh seed, that's who they go up against. Wilbon has religiously sat on the national airwaves singing that song of death. I don't care. Young teams don't, they don't win. They, they never don't. ever do. I'm well, last time Lakers I just, well, well, last, last, last like what right. I'm saying is this when you look at what LeBron is doing, Here's my only caveat. I know the Lakers have no business being favored. I know they've been trash all season. By the way, LeBron James and, and Russell Westbrook combined for 55 points last night. 50 for LeBron, 5 for Russell Westbrook. But what I'm saying is this. In the end, if LeBron is LeBron and Anthony Davis comes back healthy, can we definitively say they can't win a first-round series against Memphis? All right, that's Stephen A. Smith, Mike Wilbon. You hear the whole crew there for ESPN. Um, so... There's a couple things to that, and there's there's a reason why I wanted to play that. Um, you know, I, I don't have to explain the structure of how the playing tournament works for Laker fans out there, um, but I, I don't want to give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt in anything right now. They're not getting to that seven seed. They're not. Why are they not getting to that seven seed? Because the Clippers have a four game lead on them, and the loss or and the uh, tiebreaker. So technically, the Clippers have a five game lead. With 14 games left to go, the Lakers will not surpass the Los Angeles Clippers to try to get to that number eight seed and then play the Minnesota Timberwolves in that playing game to then get the Memphis Grizzlies potentially number two if they hold off the Golden State Warriors. That ain't happening. Even if it did happen, let's just say the hypothetical, even if it did happen, I get what Stephen A. saying. Hey, you know what? No, you don't want to... You know, a team that's that young. Michael has been very hesitant to talk about Memphis as well because they are young. That it takes time and experience and some failure in the playoffs to really kind of learn what the playoffs are all about. Now, they were in the playoffs last season. They weren't a number two seed. They weren't a number three seed. They got nothing to lose. I think they lost to Utah in the first round. Um, I am not on board with saying that Lakers give them the benefit of the doubt that if they played the Grizzlies in the seven-game set – of course, experience matters. Of course, it would be LeBron and Anthony Davis. But playing some of these young teams for the Lakers, that's been some of the worst matchups for the Lake Show. Let me give you an example. The Toronto Raptors yesterday got a lot of raw, raw players. I, I know there there's Fred Van Vliet. I know Pascal Siakam's been in the league for a little bit. I know uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a nice player. But a lot of the players they have on their team are young, quick fast, run up and down the floor. That's an awful matchup for the Lakers. And I've seen the Lakers enough go up against the Grizzlies this year that uh, I, I just it's very difficult for me to give them the benefit of the doubt on any of this. So that's why I, I hesitate. When it comes to the Lakers, and you know I, I've said this before and I'll say it again, having faith is very important. I'm a firm believer. Hey, have faith. With the Lakers, I don't want to have faith to believe it. I have to see it to believe it. That's what the Lakers have convinced you so far this season. Until you actually watch them and they show that there is some good basketball left on that team, that Anthony Davis can show that he could come back and be, uh, you know, obviously a dominant player again. It's not worth having the conversation. I'm not trying to 
paint a picture that I don't feel like is real. And until the Lakers actually do something that that makes you think, hey, maybe this still is realistic, I'm not going to go down that road of, well, if they got this team and if that happened – I think it's. I think we'll both. We'll all be banging our heads on the wall to play out scenarios like that. And oh, by the way, they're not getting the seventh seed. That's not happening. You're not passing the Clippers to give yourself a position where you're one game away from the playoffs. They're going to have to go through that two-game playoff, two wins in a row to get to the postseason. And that's if they hold off these, you know, teams that are fighting them that either are trying to make the playing tournament or not trying to make the playing tournament. Um, and I'm obviously talking about the Pelicans and the Blazers. Pelicans taking on the Suns right now. Uh, just an FYI on that one. Um, okay. LeBron is doing some pretty incredible things. He really is. LeBron James is doing some unbelievable things right now, and he's been accomplishing these things um, not quietly because I think people you know, obviously realize what he's doing, but I, I want to throw this out to Laker fans. How much are you appreciating what LeBron is doing right now? You can hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Any of these topics, by the way, at Alan Sliwa. Got to be honest, Laker fans. I'm not appreciating it as much as I should. You want to know why? Because the team's not winning. And I'm not trying to take anything away from individual performances and individual accolades. LeBron's going to go down as one of the greatest players to ever do it. Eventually, he's going to hold the scoring title in all-time history. He'll eventually pass Karl Malone, I think, before this season ends. And then he'll pass uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think there was, you know, the the way they are kind of get if he scores X amount of points in X amount of games, it could very well happen next season. Okay? Barring injury, knock on wood, the whole thing. LeBron just did something couple of games ago, that's never been done in the history of the NBA. It's never been done. I want to, let me, let me emphasize this. This is not one of those stupid stats where somebody tries to find something and say, okay, yeah, that's cool that it's never been done before, but damn, were you reaching for that stat? LeBron James, LeBron James became the first player in NBA history to reach 10,000 points, rebounds, and assists. Um, you know, when you start looking at, there's categories out there. LeBron is number three right now in all-time scoring. Assists, he's sitting at number seven. I want you to just kind of take a quick second here and think about that. Wait a minute. The dude that's that that will eventually lead the NBA in scoring, he's also top 10 in assists? What are you talking about? You're supposed to do one or the other. You're not supposed to be so good at both for this many years that you're uh, you're going to eventually be top five in both of those categories. One, and wherever he ends up from an uh, assist perspective, but he'll be number one in scoring. Okay, let's, let's look at another stat that's incredibly ridiculous of what LeBron's doing. Go to the NBA stat leaders right now on ESPN. Joel Embiid is averaging 29.9 points per game. LeBron James is second in the NBA in scoring. He's at 29.7. Giannis is at 29.7. Trey Young's at 28.3. And Luka's at 28. Do you know what all those guys have in common without LeBron James? All of them are under the age of 30. LeBron's 37 years old, and he is potentially 
uh, got a chance to lead the NBA in scoring this year. Personally, I think he's going for that scoring title. Let's not, you know, I, I, I think he's 100% going for that scoring title. And I think there's part of this too. Nobody else is doing anything. It's not like, you know, with Anthony Davis not out there, it's not like there's a ton of better scoring options for the Lakers. It's not like Russ is demanding the ball and saying, guys, if I get the ball, take X amount of shots, I'm putting up 25 points. That's not the case. So LeBron thinks it's in the best interest for the Lakers to win by scoring, and he's putting up ridiculous points. So at age 37, he's that close to the scoring title. I hope he gets it. Um, The reason why I set it all up that way, he's doing incredible, incredible things at age 37 years old. Laker fans, I'm not kidding when I say this. 100% I'm not truly appreciating it because – The team that we all care about is the Lakers. And the team that we pay attention to, whether it was the Showtime era or it was the down 90s with the Eddie Jones and the Nick Van Exels, or it was Kobe and Shaq, or it was Kobe and Powell, or it was all the youngsters with Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball go down the list, or whether it's today's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the one thing all Laker fans want are wins, is you want a chance to win a championship. You want to be in the conversation when the dust settles that, yep, that team's got a chance to win it all. And for the Lakers, I don't remember a season that's been so drastic where you could say, they this is the team that's got the second greatest odds to go win an NBA championship per Vegas. Brooklyn was one, Lakers were two before the season started. And here are the Lakers, 10 games below five hundred. You know, if it wasn't for this new playing tournament that started last season, we the season would already be over. The, the, the Lakers would not mathematically be out of the playoffs, but be pretty damn close to having to play perfect basketball just to still, you know, have a chance at that number eight seed. Um, I think it's because they're losing, and the way that they're losing, I know what Braun is doing is ridiculous. I know it's special. But damn, am I not appreciating it as much because of everything that I just said. You're down 26 at the end of the first quarter. Or yesterday against the Raptors, you're down 21. Now, Bron's going to have one of those games where he drops 50. Everybody stops and says, look at LeBron James. Unbelievable. Crypto.com Arena is going crazy. He's giving the fans something to cheer about. And you get that one win, but you're 2-8 and eight since the All-Star break. So it's been really... It's been weird. Like I don't know how to describe it. It, it, it. Genuinely, it's been weird for me because you're you're rooting for one of the best to ever do it, but because your team is losing the way they are, damn, is it tough to kind of enjoy and appreciate what he's doing. So uh, I thought that was interesting, and I don't know if Laker fans feel the same way, but that's kind of how I've been on uh, on the on on the LeBron piece of this whole thing. Um, okay, how's the show go this fast? Lake fans, I feel like uh, I feel like I still got a lot, lot, a lot, lot left to say. The good thing is, is we got Lakers basketball coming back tomorrow, so we'll get pregame. We'll do all that stuff. Um, one more segment to go. I want to take a quick look at the upcoming Lakers schedule. I put this out yesterday. Upcoming schedule in March. Some of the specific players that the Lakers are going up against. And then a couple NBA stories that I want to get into as well. We'll do all that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. By the way, as always, you miss any part of the show, ESPN app or on iTunes, just uh, search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. You get the uh, full hour here. 
Um, you know, I was getting a chance to do this, and the more I look at the NBA standings, the more I get excited about the upcoming playoffs. Let me kind of explain what I mean. I'm an NBA junkie. I love the NBA. Uh, of course, you want the Lakers to be a part of the mix. Of course, you want the Lakers to try to win an NBA championship. We'll see how things play out. There's no guarantees um, how the Lakers' uh, season will, uh, what the rest of the season holds. But look how look how good this looks from an NBA perspective. In the Eastern Conference, most of the people I think that tune into this show as well are, are like me. They're big NBA fans. If the NBA playoffs started today, Miami got the Brooklyn Nets. Miami and Brooklyn in the first round. How about um, Milwaukee would take on the Toronto Raptors, Philly would go up against Cleveland, and Chicago would play the Boston Celtics. Do you know how good the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be? Okay, let's just say the NBA playoffs started right now in the Western Conference. Um, you know, I, I'm 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 not including the playing tournament right now because anything can happen on that front. But you'd have Phoenix, Clippers, Memphis, Timberwolves, Warriors, Nuggets, Utah, and Dallas in the first round. Now the playing tournament, this is gonna you know obviously add another wrinkle to it. It'd be exciting. Timberwolves and the Clippers. If Minnesota win that beat, won that game and the Lakers beat the Pelicans, Lakers and Clippers to get into the actual uh, playoffs. I mean, so many different scenarios can play out over the next less than 30 days now, or right at 30 days, I think. Uh, we got a, a exciting playoffs uh, coming up here. Um, it's funny, uh, Travis and I this morning, Travis brought up uh, the argument. He said, I, I, I'm not, he said he's not completely sold that the Lakers are not tanking right now. And I completely disagree with it. I mean, I, I know what he's saying. He's trying to say that they're playing so bad that you cannot be this bad of a team uh, without actually tanking. No, I, I disagree. I think the Lakers are that bad right now. And I mentioned the upcoming schedule for the Lakers, so let, let me go over a couple of these games for you. First off, second toughest schedule left in the NBA. Only Chicago has a tougher schedule. 14 games left for the Lakers. New Orleans, who's trying to chase down the Lakers, they have the 14th toughest schedule left. So their schedule is actually getting a little bit tougher. I think McCollum is uh, coming back. Uh, the question is, uh, Brandon Ingram, he's still out. And then the Blazers have the easiest schedule left in the NBA. So we all kind of know that. Here, Here's the schedule that I'm referring to for the Lakers. It's brutal. There's no other way to put it. It's brutal. I put this out actually on Twitter yesterday. The remaining games for the Lakers in the month of March. Eight games left in March. Seven of them on the road. Six of those games are against teams well over 500. Two of those games are teams below 500, but they're still fighting for something. Wizards are trying to get into that playing tournament, and the Pelicans obviously are uh, they're in the playing tournament if it started today, so you know how these games, how important it is for, for these specific teams. Okay, here are the teams that they're playing. Lakers are at Minnesota tomorrow. Laker fans, I, I don't know if you've got a chance to see uh, what Carl Anthony Towns did yesterday, the dude put up 60 points yesterday against the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, an incredible performance. He was 19 of 31 from the field. Um, I think he, what do he have? 7 of 11 from the three-point line. I think he had 16, 17 rebounds on top of that. That's who the Lakers got tomorrow. So insane for Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. And the Timberwolves are 10 games above 500. That's what the Lakers got tomorrow. Then the Toronto Raptors at Toronto. 
then the Washington Wizards at Washington. And and the problem with that, the Friday Saturday game, that's back to back. So you're gonna go, you're gonna fly to Minnesota, which the Lakers are, you know, obviously done today. Then you're gonna fly to Toronto right after that. Then you got back to back where you're playing the Raptors and the Wizards. And not that much rest after that. Monday, you're at Cleveland. Again, Cleveland, another team, around 10 games over 500. You come back to Crypto.com Arena for a quick second to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. You'll have a few days off and then uh, back out on the road. Pelicans, Dallas, and Utah all on the road. It's tough sledding. And, you know, let's just put it this way. If you're going to get into that playing tournament and you're going to survive – Part of it is going to be because other teams are just really, really bad. But the other part is you're going to have to win some games. And you're going to have to win games against really, really tough opponents. So you're going to have to earn it. Um, and that's uh, yeah, that's kind of just the reality of where the Lakers are right now. I mean, I I, I always look forward to these games. Uh, and then by the time the first quarter ends, just based on the way they've been playing, it starts becoming discouraging. And you've heard Vogel talk about that when they go down by 15, 20 points or whatever the whatever the case is, how disheartening it is for the Lakers. They That's going to be the key in some of these games. By the end of the first quarter tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves, can it be a four-point game, six-point game, tie game? Can it just be something like that? Because I, I really actually genuinely think that's a big win for the Lakers if tomorrow against the Timberwolves, which, by the way, it's an earlier game, 5 p.m. tip-off, Michael and I will do the pregame show at 3:30, um, but I think that's that's a that's a huge huge factor in this whole thing for the Lakers. By the time the first quarter ends, is it still a game? Or are you down double digits? Did the crowd for the Minnesota Timberwolves are they just all erupting? And coach has got to use two or three of his timeouts in the first quarter because the Lakers are still uh, struggling. Keep an eye out. Uh, keep an eye out for that tomorrow because I think that's going to be a big part if the Lakers got a chance in some of these road games. Laker fans, it went quick. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show as always. Uh, thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Um, again, put it on the podcast if uh, if you want to go back and listen to the show or you, you didn't get a chance to hear it live. I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers at 10 a.m. L.A., have a great night.